Before we dive into our rad new ep, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which we record, the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to elders past and present and to the ongoing living culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. What's up and welcome to Girls Go to Work podcast. I'm Jordan and I'm a hot mess. And I'm Hayley, a recovering awkward person. And we are your go-to girls for talking about the rad, the bad, and the mad reality of running a business. Go grab a coffee, kick up your feet, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, Hayley. Welcome back. Hello. (laughs) How are we doing? I know we just had an amazing weekend away. Do you want to talk to the listeners about it? Spill the tea. Tell them what we got into, got into, got up to. I know I'm like sick of seeing your face (laughs) I've actually had a bit too much of you I don't know if I can do the next hour of this bye Bye. (laughs) it's important to keep the friendship alive guys yeah (laughs) chaos off to a great start (laughs) Uh, we had a weekend away Um, we did it at the start of the year and we're like how the fuck Fudge, fudge. <laughs> is it me? Why are we censoring ourselves a year like, and a bit I... in? What are we doing yeah. here? <laughs> How the fuck is it me? Like, what the <laughs> hell? So we are back after a weekend away of planning. We planned out the whole rest of kind of the year of podcast episodes. We're so excited. We got some really good community input. So always like keep us up to date with what you want to hear. And we planned some crazy fun events for you guys. Yeah, so if people didn't come to our event in, oh my God, was it March? That yes. was so long ago already. <laughs> well, if you didn't, what were you doing? You There was no excuse not to come really. I don't care <laughs> if you were bedridden or lived interstate or I don't, like, I just, you should be there. <laughs> no, I am kidding. There are excuses. But it was so much fun and we just want to see more and more people there. We are still getting comments from our community who came yeah. saying like how amazing it was, how energized they were. So obviously we took that into the weekend being like, all right, round two, let's go. Let's give the people what they want. Let's give the people what they want. So yes, we haven't quite finalized enough to tell you this episode, but... In a couple of episodes, I reckon we might have something for you. So, yeah, like, definitely. stay tuned and we will bring you more info after that. And also join our Facebook group. Oh, Because yes. we will definitely be spilling the tea there first and foremost, probably before it goes on to an episode, I reckon. Oh, you reckon? Maybe, yes. Definitely before Instagram, <laughs> though, because Facebook group podcasts are, like, I was going to say, like, up here, but the people can't see my hands. My hands. Like, <laughs> like priority, top priority. <laughs> And then Instagram, still priority. We still have our Insta community. We're still going to yeah. shop there. Still like huge vibes there. But just like a little, a smidge less, smidge. a smidge less. So come join our Facebook group. Link in show notes. We're super excited. So yeah. excited. My inner extrovert is like, fuck yes, let's go. All the things, <laughs> all the people. All the people. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> Which, um, speaking of, really yeah. great segue because we have a person, <laughs> a real life human being on the podcast today. Yes, we interviewed our good friend and biz bestie, Darby. 
Love Darby. Darby Linden on Instagram and on her website. We'll put all her info in our show notes. But yeah, we're super excited about the chat we had. So Darby is a brand strategist and content marketer. She is passionate about turning great businesses into irresistible brands. And we talk some juicy things in this episode. Now in her consulting business, Darby helps her clients get crystal clear on brand strategy so that they can create effective marketing campaigns, connect with their audience on a deeper level and have fun doing it because sometimes branding is not sexy and it's hard. So it's yeah. fun, fun and to it's, someone who's got your back. Yeah. And I think one thing that like we spoke about as we we're chatting to Darby was how little of branding is what we think it is. Like we all think yeah. logos and all of that, but there's so much more to it. That was one thing I took out of the chat. I was like, oh, just so many light bulb moments going on. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things was like clear on foundation and your brand's DNA. Yes. I love how she spoke about that. Yeah. And not to be afraid. Like she breaks it down super easily and like we're like, duh. Like that's of course. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think she's broke it down so beautifully. I am so excited for everyone to hear this chat. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Welcome to the podcast, Darby. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here too. Well, that makes three of us because, yeah, obviously you are one of our biz besties and, yeah, we were on your podcast. Oh, my God, was it last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, wow. And obviously this has been in the pipeline for a while, so we are so stoked to finally get this going. Yeah, and I um, I listened to all of your episodes. I'm very excited Aww. to be a guest. Lovely. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to jump straight into it with some mm-hmm. of the hard things. Hopefully not too hard, but. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us about branding. What actually is a brand? Why do businesses need one? Tell us all the things. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a good question to start with because a lot of people use the word business and brand as like the same thing and don't actually know the difference. So if we take a little journey back in time, the word brand first started back in the day from cattle farming. So farmers would actually like put a symbol on their cow's ears so they could differentiate their cattle from other people's cattle, which it all comes back to the concept of differentiation which flows through to what it means now. But, you know, when marketing first started, big brands like Coke and Heinz, they started using the same concept to create their bold logos and their slogans and their advertising concepts, which we all still know today. But as time went on, there are so many brands now out there competing for people's attention and it can't just be a simple logo anymore to help a brand stand out. The barriers to entry in the business world are really low, which is great for people who want to start a business, but that means it's so much harder to actually stand out, especially online in the world of social media. So differentiation isn't just logos, color palettes anymore. It is so much more than that in the modern business world. So branding now is all about creating, you know, deep emotional connections with your customers and customers these days, they have the power. They, you know, they can choose to work with so many different brands from around the world if they want to for most services or products that they're looking for. There are options out there. So they usually want to work with businesses that they believe in, that are making an impact, that they can relate to their vision and their values. It's not just, oh, this one looks good. I'll take that one. So 
brands really need to be strategic about how they're positioning themselves and how they're showing up because it's a lot harder than it used to be. So that's a bit of a history lesson in the world of branding. And I guess when you say, why does every business need one? I actually think that everyone naturally has a brand if they have a business, but it's a matter of whether they're being strategic about how they're crafting their brand and how they're communicating with their audience. So that's kind of the difference between having a brand and being strategic about it. Interesting. I had no idea that branding like came all the way back to cattle farming. Like, to be honest, the only reason I know that that is a brand is because I watched Yellowstone. I am not a farm girl. (laughs) I do not have that background, but it would never have occurred to me that that was the history. And it makes so much sense when you think about it, because that's the only sort of way to differentiate what is yours, I suppose. I think my question from that is like, when we look at businesses and whatnot, I think There are, as you said, so many definitions of a brand. Like what would you say is included in a brand? Like we all immediately think logo, color palette, maybe social media templates. Like what would you say is included in that from a tangible, actionable, this is something I can work on to work on completing a brand? Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the definition of a brand, a lot of people talk about the feeling that you have and it's about connecting with your customers on that level. But in terms of what people see it as, a lot of people think straight away, website, socials, color palette and logo. But a lot of it actually also comes back to the messaging that's infused throughout that as well. Yeah. So I think that's one that that definitely gets missed is the messaging as well as the visuals to support it. But that's, I think, where people go wrong is they think it's all about the website, the socials, the content, everything. But it is actually about creating a feeling and like a vibe. Yeah. I love that. And I think when you look at all successful brands, like all of my favorite small biz brands, I mean, and big biz, but like Mm -hmm. especially small biz you feel so connected to them and they make you feel happy and welcome and a part of it. And I think, yeah, I totally agree. Like far out when I started Scrunch a few years ago, I had no idea that branding was more than a logo. I was like, I have a logo that I made in Canva. I literally wrote Scrunch Social and picked a font. And then I was like, brand, check, that's done. (laughs) Now I know a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. And I think these days, I was talking to someone the other day about this, when you think of your favorite brands, like I don't think of their logo at all. Some of them I'm like, yeah. what does their logo look like, even look like? Especially for small yeah. businesses. I just, in my head, I'm picturing like the vibe and the mood board yeah. and just like the feeling. It's not like, I don't think people would even click about my logo, even though it's everywhere on my website and everything. It's just yeah. like, what's the feeling? <laughs> That's interesting. Wow. Cause when people tell brands to me or like, oh, have you heard of such and such? I instant, I think cause I'm visual, but I instantly go, like I can see their their brand or I suppose their logo and coloring in mm-hmm. my brain because I'm like, yeah. oh, that's who they're talking about. I could never remember their face, but it's about the vibe that I have associated of them in my brain. Yeah. Interesting. So now that we have a pretty good understanding of like branding is a lot more than the visuals, it's about the feel and the vibe and like how it makes us feel as people being a part of the brand. I guess my question is like we know a lot of business owners do this thing that I think a lot of people call procrastinate branding, um, (laughs) which basically is just meaning that they procrastinate other really important business stuff like bookkeeping and taxes and all of that administrative stuff that's hard and they procrastinate all of that stuff with branding, like creating and refining their brand identity and all of that stuff. So do you think it's important to have your brand right from the get-go or do you think it can be a continued work in progress? Like do you think there's merit in procrastinate branding or (laughs) do you think that sort of yeah it's there's other things to focus on first to get yourself set up Mm. 
I love that procrastinate branding. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all been guilty of it, I'm sure. Yes, yes. And I think it's it is actually fun to procrastinate a little bit at the start of your business journey, especially day one. I think it is so important in the first phase of business to I call it exploration phase, where you're really just figuring things out, which I'm sure both of you can relate to. Yeah, you know, figuring <laughs> out what you love about what you do, what kind of services you want to offer, how you want to serve your audience, who your audience actually is. And the big thing is like the impact that you want to have. And it does take time to figure that out. You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to change the world by doing this exact thing. (laughs) It just, you need to kind of dive in headfirst and just figure it out, Yeah, which isn't always glamorous because it can mean a bit of DIYing at the start and a lot of cringy things that you look back on and say, oh my God, but it really is part of the journey. And I don't think you can build an amazing brand from day one without actually going through that exploration phase. So I think it's okay to procrastinate at the start, but I think we all get to that point in business and it can differ for everyone, whether it's six months or two years where you have that realization of what you want, what the impact that you want to have, who you want to work with and your goal and your vision for your business. And that's when you start to feel a bit icky about what you've created and you're a bit like, oh my God, my brand and like what I'm showing up as doesn't really represent the business that I'm building anymore and your goals are kind of misaligned with the brand. And that's where you really need to step back and work on the business, not just in it. Yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation in itself, but you really need to put the energy into building a brand that represents what you do and how you can support your audience, because otherwise you're going to fall behind and you're never going to reach the goals of where you want to be and where you want to take your business. So I think that's really the important stage of when you need to stop procrastinating and really just put the energy in. But in saying that the first few years, as I say, it really needs to just be a bit of experimenting, figuring it out, a few cringe worthy things, but it all kind of supports what the big vision is going to be. I love that. I probably am more guilty in procrastinating building the brand that I am the other important things. (laughs) I think, well, I have like a graphic design background. So like visuals are a small element of it, but I, I procrastinated making sure that was like perfect before I like did any of the other things. Cause I still have like, my business is almost three years old and I have all the same logo and colors cause I just love them. But I also probably spent a little bit too much time picking them and making them work. <laughs> but I think the word branding or like branding as like a startup can be scary But like you said, it's about the impact you want your business to make or what you want to make as a business owner. So I think that's such Mm. a valuable lesson to anyone who's listening and is a bit scared. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not intimidating. Just it's okay, guys. (laughs) And also the giving of permission to be able to experiment. I feel like when you really decide that like this business thing is something you want to do, like, you know, I feel like all of us sort of play around with it as a bit of a like, oh, maybe like I might want to do this to earn a bit of extra cash on the side. When we start taking it seriously as like, oh, we might actually turn this into a business, it sort of gives people permission to continue to experiment after they make that decision, whether they are side hustling or full-timing it or whatever. I think continual experimentation is such a powerful thing in business at any stage. And I feel Mm -hmm. like we always get sucked into the trap, almost like on the flip side of we've got our brand, we've got our message, we've got our vision, we know exactly what we offer and we stop experimenting because we're like, no, we're yeah. sorted. We've got our shit together. Like I've been mm. in business for like three years. I'm good. 
I think it's a really good reminder whether you're at the start or the middle or I don't say the end, but like throughout the <laughs> whole process to continue to experiment because you never know what you're going to come up with. Yeah. And it's like experimenting with different messaging on socials, which yes. is a lot of what you do as well. Experimenting to see what's working for your audience and businesses evolve over time. Your target market might shift or yeah. your business model might shift. And that always requires checking in and making sure it's all still on the same page or whether it needs a shift as well, I think. Love that. Yeah, definitely. I know we've just been talking about messaging, but when it comes to branding, what do you think is like the most important element to get right first? Would it be like the logo, brand colors, messaging, or something we haven't thought of or talked about? Yeah. So I think once, you know, you decide to get serious on building a brand, I think the first step is really getting clear on a few key foundations. So with what I do with my clients, the first thing is really sorting out your brand DNA, which is your vision and your mission and your values. And like we were talking about before, you know, you're building a business to make an impact and customers really want to see that you are aligned to their vision and their values. So really getting clear on your brand DNA and what you want to achieve and the impact that you want to make as well as getting clear on your target audience and not only who they are, but what are their pain points? What's keeping them up Mm -hmm. at night? What are they dreaming about and how you can really help them get from where they are now to where they want to be. So I think the first few steps are about getting clarity on those things before you can then start figuring out how you're going to connect the two, how you're going to connect your brand to your target audience. Because a lot of people will jump in and create a website or key messaging or visuals, but then they're not tying it back to their values or their audience, which is where the misalignment can come through with the messaging. So I always start by stripping things back, going, you know, below the surface and getting clarity on those two things. And from there, I think the messaging is a key part of that. Then you can go on and look at how you can support that through creating your brand personality and your tone of voice and how you're really going to connect with your audience that way before then looking at visuals and then marketing is a cherry on top. Wow. (laughs) Because you really need to understand the brand elements before you can then go market it. And I know that a lot of people think, oh, i got to create more content, got to be on more social channels. But if the messaging isn't landing, then none of it's going to work anyway. So that's why I think stripping it back and building from the ground up is so, so important. Amazing. It's almost like, I don't know about you, Hayley, but for me, it's like the opposite of what I think so many business owners expect when you start with. You're like, I want to start with a logo and the colors and what it looks like. From there, I'll spend time figuring out what I believe in and what I want to do with this and like try to sort of mishmash it all together instead it's like actually looking inwards and it makes so much sense as you were talking it through I was like okay well as soon as you have your values and what you want to achieve and your mission it makes so much sense that like your branding will come from that because like if your mission is to create like a fun magical happy space like on the internet for you know for us like a small business community to connect and have fun and have great chats and all of that we're not gonna do black and white like that doesn't make any sense like we're gonna do that branding I think as you were saying it I was like Oh, no shit. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a light yeah. bulb moment. That was awesome. I would think it's kind of personal as well. Like I, I can imagine, I don't know if I'm right, Darby, you did kind of give us a blueprint on exactly how to do it, but I'm going to make up my own thing. Haley's like, let me work on my logo first. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to do words. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's very big. Give me the visuals. I don't want to do the words. But <laughs> she says, well, on her podcast. <laughs> 
I think like probably people are like each to their own. Like you might have what your impact is going to be, but you don't necessarily know what coloring or what messaging or how you want to go about it. Because one brand, like there's friggin' like a hundred thousand VAs, right? And like, I've gone like very personable and like friendly and like caring where some can be quite clinical or corporate and like that's not language I'm going to use like just recently Mm. I had someone slide into my inbox telling me like oh I love how much you talk about RuPaul I got to like work with Carson Kresley like I want to work with you because you love RuPaul where someone else was like when I first started they're like you shouldn't talk about RuPaul on your socials I was like how dare you (laughs) I know but that was just because they were quite corporate and didn't really see the value in what I was bringing so like our messaging and our core things can be the same but like or our impact could be the same which is like helping business owners for a really basic level but their messaging and their branding is very different to how I approach the same impact yeah like I feel like it's each to their own and it's also probably decision paralysis that like, oh God, is this the right messaging for this exact thing or is this the right color or is this the right wording to convey mm. feelings? I yeah. went off somewhere else, but tell me if someone can wrap this up and bring us back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, you know, you would attract a very different client to what a more corporate VA would attract yeah. as well. And interesting that you kind of created your brand first up and it's still living true to your strategy. And I think you probably like maybe even subconsciously had a good idea of who you wanted to work with and your personality is like so clearly infused through your brand. So that just flowed really nicely. Whereas some people just like chuck something together and without actually understanding these things before they start. Which is a hundred percent my approach. I chuck things together and just dive in. (laughs) (laughs) Hence, if you scroll all the way back on Swift's Instagram, (laughs) it's awful it's changed, it's changed a lot maybe i will Go oh back. god no we need to cut that cut that out yeah. right, so moving quickly on so no one scrolls back to the early days of scrunch um when it comes to branding what is the biggest thing people are missing obviously we've spoken a lot about the different elements that make up a part of a brand we know that vision and mission is really important do you think that's the biggest thing that people are missing or do you think it's something else i actually think one of the biggest things that people are missing is the communication piece and really being able to oh. communicate the value that they bring through their services. So yeah. if a brand can't communicate the value that they bring, their audience isn't going to understand why they should pay money for that service. So yeah. through communications, there's so much you can say about you know what you do from a service perspective, the features, the benefits, the price, but actually being able to communicate how you're going to transform someone's life and make an impact. I know that's a bit of a buzzword today, but really being able to show up and communicate the value that you're going to bring through your services is what a lot of people are missing through the messaging piece. And that flows through to marketing as well. As I said, there's no point spending so many hours on your marketing if the messaging isn't landing because mm. you're just going to be digging yourself into a hole and yeah. you're not going to be able to reach the people who really need you. So yeah. I believe at the moment from what I'm seeing is that people really aren't able to nail that brand messaging piece and able to flesh it out through their content as well as they can. So in the brand strategy process, yes, going through the vision, the audience, but then being able to connect the two and be able to communicate how they're going to bring value through their brand. And when a brand can nail that, that's when the magic happens and you can really start to see how you are changing people's lives. And 
you can often see it through testimonials. And when I work with a client, I'll get them to just dump all their testimonials and their reviews into a document and they can see exactly the impact that they're having and the value that they're bringing. So that's one thing that people can do to start to really understand the value that they're having in people's lives because they're putting it right there on paper for you. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I love that as well. I like that the testimonial thing because I do that when I'm like having a bad day. And it's like, yeah, I get a bit impostery. It's like, oh, I'm not good at this. And it's like, here's a whole bunch of people who said you are good. So it's good to know there's another reason another to, purpose for it. <laughs> to look at it again. <laughs> My question with that, because I do the same. I think a lot of business owners have like a little sunshine folder that like they can go to and feel warm and inside when they're having an impostery day. My question with that is, have you ever had a client where you've sort of gathered all the testimonials and you, they've, they've looked at the impact they're having and they're like, fuck, this is not what I set out to do. Or does that just never happen? Is it always aligned? Like I'm just, I could just imagine that's the worst thing as a business owner to realize that like the impact you're having is not a hundred percent aligned to what you thought you were doing. Mm. I personally haven't come across it. And a lot of the time when they're realizing the impact that they have. It comes back to the feelings that they provide their clients. So they might provide peace of mind or confidence or pride or whatever that is. And generally the feelings that they want to give their audience flows through to the testimonials. I hope unless they're getting bad feedback, (laughs) then it's probably (laughs) not correct. (laughs) But I'm lucky enough to have worked with a lot of people who are doing amazing things and the the words that flow through with their testimonials really are a true reflection of the impact that they're having. It is hard for business owners at the start when they don't have a huge number of reviews or feedback yet. And, you know, over time they'll start to build that. And even just jumping on calls with your clients, really understanding how they're feeling. And, And even in intro calls before you start to work with someone, really understanding the problems that they're having, how they're feeling before they work with you, and then being able to look at the comparison of after they've worked with you, how are they feeling? How have you changed their life? Have you given them more time to spend with their kids? Have you given them more time to go traveling? Have you given them you know, a new sense of confidence in showing up? Whatever it looks like for that service provider, really looking at the before and after and having those important conversations will help tie through messaging. Yeah. Amazing. And with, if you had a client that didn't have, say, a stack of testimonials, is that sort of how you would go about it of like, okay, well, think to your current clients, even if you just have a few clients, like, how do you help them? Like, go have a chat with them. Is that what you would direct them to do? Or is there something else that you would, like some other magical trick, obviously? (laughs) What I've done with a few people is, even if they haven't had a lot of direct experience, actually asking people who have been through that experience. So say, for example, Hayley, with VAs, you know, say you'd only worked with five and you wanted to have a larger pool of numbers, you could actually ask people in your community networks, you know, who's worked with a VA? Can I have a 20-minute coffee with you? And you can ask them, how are you feeling beforehand? How are you feeling afterwards? Yeah. Yes. And I've even had, you know, women in in my network ask me as their ideal client, can I have a market research call with you? I really yeah. want to unpack your brain on this because you are my ideal client. And they haven't worked with enough of that type of ideal client. So that is one way. That's a fantastic idea. (laughs) There are so many, you know, amazing business Facebook groups out there and community groups that, you know, we're both a part of. And there are so many people just willing to give their time to help other businesses. And I'm always willing to help when people ask me for market research. And from what I've experienced before, it's not that hard to jump on a 20-minute 
call or take someone out for coffee and just pick someone's brain because when you can really understand your audience super clearly, it can help you with your communication and then from there grow with confidence. Love it. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Before I ask our kind of last question, I want to know, do you get like annoyed (laughs) when you see brands not doing it well? Do you just like want to shake them or like (laughs) slide into the DMs and be like, you're doing this wrong? (laughs) Yes, I do get a lot of, oh my God, what the hell? (laughs) But it just, you know, it helps me create content to educate people better. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can totally see that. Like you would just read it and you're like, what are they on about? But I suppose like for me, like if I am scrolling on the gram or on the Tiki Talks and I come across a brand that I'm like, they don't, they don't make sense to me. I just like kind of unsubscribe or unfollow or I'm not excited to then go and check out the rest mm. of their content. So I suppose someone who's doing it good, you then are like engrossed and you're like, I want to know more if it is, if it aligns to you and is like, you know, you're potentially their target audience. <laughs> yes, totally. For me, it's a lot of professional services. They're like, I do this. We do this. We're award-winning. Like it's all about me. Like those brands annoy me because it's, yeah. you know, you can't just be talking about yourself anymore. It's about the customer and flipping yeah. it to be about yeah. the customer. So for those ones, I'm like, come on, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There must be like a lot of things that like trigger you. Sometimes when I go into like restaurants and the menus are bad, like design, <laughs> like poorly designed, I get like mad. <laughs> oh, I won't even walk in. <laughs> I was like, can you imagine being a social media manager? Like... <laughs> I'm, we're all on social media so fucking much. Every time I scroll like through, especially like business feeds, not my personal one as much. My friends are doing a fine job at social. <laughs> but like when I scroll through business feeds, I'm like, this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. My is like recently this cafe opened up near my house and I was so excited. I'm like, yay, cafe, I love it. Went in, the inside is one vibe, which is great. And then they like are still new. So they just painted all their signage on the outside. And I was like, I was getting so mad. I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, their branding colors don't match the vibe of inside the restaurant. He's like, what, Taylor? (laughs) The outside looks like fun, trendy, something like a 20 something goes to. And then the inside is really like corporate and cold. And I was like, what the fuck? This doesn't make sense to me. I'll keep buying their coffee, but not the wine. (laughs) I'll get my croissant from there, but I'm not excited about it. You tell them. <laughs> but it's true. You have to you have to be consistent across everything, you know. You gotta show up on socials as you would in real life. And you're right, inside the cafe, outside the cafe, it all has to be a seamless experience in order to like really make it happen. <laughs> and vibe is consistent as well, not just visuals. Vibe has to be consistent. And corporate too, like a groovy, funky cafe, not the vibe. No, it does not meet it's not seamless. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Even make sense like to me. Staff, like going yeah. into a shop. Yes. Like a when I go to T2, it's all colorful. It's bright. And all the staff are just so nice. Like, hey, how's it going? And they're just yes. so like wonderful. And it really adds to the vibe as well. So many It does. Things. Yeah. I love yeah. T2. Going in, I'm just like, I know they're going to offer me a taster and we're going to have a good chat and they're going to be friendly. And I'm going to walk out of there with way more tea than I needed. But. <laughs> It does. It adds to the vibe, which is just, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. So that's kind of totally. like taking brand to like the next level. And it's like people who want to work for that brand are that kind of energy. So they're going to go to that. Whereas someone who's a bit more 
corporate or reserved might not want to work at T2. They'll work at a corporate place. KPMG. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's a corporate place that has They sell health insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is what it is. And even at T2, their values are all about like diversity and having fun. Like it all weaves through to everything. Yes. With what their staff would want out of it as well as their customers. So yeah, comes back to brand strategy. (laughs) Everything in the world comes back to brand strategy. That is what we're learning here. (laughs) Everything in the whole world. (laughs) Oh, well, that's definitely helped me a lot. I'm definitely looking at your brand therapy session. So I might sign into the into DMs sometime soon <laughs> even though I think I've got an idea but I'm like I want to just check <laughs> just want to double check <laughs> but before we go Dams tell us yes. shameless plug time what's mm-hmm. going on in the world of Darby and the biz and all the things what's happening tell us tell the audience yeah. shameless plug yeah. <laughs> all systems go at Darby Linden headquarters yeah. I my brand therapy sessions, which you just mentioned, are really popular at the moment. So like we talked about today, brand strategy, it's a huge project to do. And with those ones, it's, you know, six weeks, one-on-one, and we really flesh it all out. Wow. But brand therapy gives people the opportunity to just step back and dive deep into one specific issue that they're having with their branding or, yeah, something that they're unsure about. So whether it's their target audience or their messaging or something that they're feeling a bit misaligned with and just checking in, getting ideas and then scooting on. So those ones have been really popular for those who aren't ready to just invest the full amount. Even someone who has spent a couple of years in business and now they're ready to take it up a notch and they just need baby steps. So that's been really fun. And then, yeah, podcast. I've got my podcast going as well, which is really fun and lots of exciting things in the works this year. So Ooh, can you tell us any? Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Too to, soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. So you have to follow Darby on Instagram and listen to her podcast to get some secret things that will come out later. Yeah. And we will put all the links to your socials and your podcast in the link it's not Show a link notes. in bio. This is why I don't do podcasting well in the podcast version of the link in bio as well as in the show notes. But yeah, I think that is all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had a ball island so much and I cannot wait to continue this conversation on socials with our awesome community. So thank you, Darby. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, ladies. It was lots of fun. See you next time. And that's a wrap, fam. As always, we love being in your ears showing the highs and lows of running a business. If you want to keep the party going, come join us on Instagram and TikTok at Girls Gonna Work Podcast. We are a small business, so if you're feeling extra kind, we'd love it if you could like, subscribe, and leave a review on your podcast app of choice. And this podcast was produced by Good Chat Media, so go give them a follow if you love the app. Bye!